Welcome to Encountering Empowerment. I'm your host, Victoria Jocko, here to help you feel certain about your worth. When you know you're enough, your power is uncontainable, and I'm here to help you unleash it. All of you is acceptable here. You're good, you're bad, and everything in between. It's time for you to see it too. Hello, my lovelies. I hope you are doing well. I am really excited to be sharing this episode with you today. If you have been following me for at least the last six months, you kind of know how I feel about this topic, but it's so nuanced and I have so many thoughts about it that, you know, I can't convey in a singular social media post. So I'm, I'm just really excited to get to share all of my thoughts and feelings about this subject that means so much to me. Um, and with someone that I love very much. It's a wonderful conversation. And I also want to, I guess, kind of just put out there that if you feel uncomfortable during this conversation, which you very well may, um, obviously living child-free is not something that is super accepted still, you know, among the majority. So it can be uncomfortable to hear some of the thoughts that we have And I want to encourage you to sit with that discomfort. Definitely reach out to me with your thoughts that you have about this subject. I'm always open to uh, hearing you and discussing things with you. I would absolutely love that. Um, But without further ado, please enjoy this conversation between Rainbow and I about living a child-free life. How's it going? Good. We're back again. <laughs> again. Episode number three. <laughs> Fabulous. How are you today? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about this because it's something we're both very passionate about. Yes, and it's something that I feel like is not super talked about. No. Um, and when it is talked about, um, there's a lot of like misconceptions around it and um it's just kind of exhausting so i'm really excited for us to kind of give the experience of um someone who is child free and going to be remaining child free and kind of bust some of those misconceptions that we've had uh thrown against us for sure <laughs> yeah yes okay so when did you notice that you didn't want to have children? I never noticed that I wanted to have children, <laughs> honestly. Um, I never really, like, I, for a very long time, would actually become physically nauseous when I would think about pregnancy too hard. That still happens if I think about it too hard. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, like, 2013 when I spent about six months... Um, working with a woman who was pregnant that I was able to overcome, like, not feeling physically ill at the sight of a pregnant woman. My body has just viscerally been not interested in becoming (laughs) pregnant. Um, So I've known for a very long time. And then in, I believe, 2017, I actually got my fallopian tubes taken out after about... um, eight years of asking as soon as I started getting a period I started asking doctors to sterilize me because I knew I didn't want kids Mm -hmm. um and I mean (laughs) that went great 
insert sarcasm here. You got it at least. Like you did get the procedure, which is something we can talk about more later. Yeah. That a lot of people who have them cannot get. Mm -hmm. Yep. It took uh, eight years, about a dozen different doctors. Uh And um, when we round back to this topic, I will tell about how I went about it and like the phrasing that I used. Yeah. um, That really, really helped. Especially right now. Yes. Because Mm -hmm. it was literally like once I found the phrasing, um, it was within a matter of weeks. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so to answer my question as well, because it's very different from you, I always wanted children up Mm -hmm. until a few years ago. I actually remember wanting six of them. Whole, Uh that sounds (laughs) like a lot. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know. I just had it in my head of like, oh yeah, the big family, like very, I had an idea of like a wraparound porch home, Mm -hmm. similar thing of what I want now in that, like it's on a piece of property kind of deal. You have a garden. Yeah. And there's six little bundles of joy running around. That is what we're told. (laughs) They are bundles of joy Mm -hmm. instead Uh of screaming gremlins. (laughs) stickiness and oh yes <laughs> sensory overload oh my gosh i literally saw a meme once upon a time that was like it's it was like a, a twitter post that someone had made and it said being a child is walking around and wondering why is this sticky and i gagged yeah <laughs> yeah exactly gross and then i wanted like maybe one mm-hmm. maybe two um and then yeah, i was just give a, it the old college try yeah and then i was a nanny and <laughs> that destroyed everything in me uh which i really hope she doesn't ever hear this i don't think she will we don't have each other on social media i enjoyed it for a period of time mm-hmm. but i realized that so i was like isolated in their home I didn't have a car and so Mm -hmm. I was just there with this baby all day doing absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. and I think that's what kind of destroyed my mental health more than anything else and also in relation to that job yes and it painted the picture of what parenthood could be like for me and the idea of having a small useless I don't want to say useless but a they're super useful just later yeah (laughs) But in that in that time, he was a baby, so yeah. like he was he couldn't do anything on his mm-hmm. own. I was fully responsible for him mm-hmm. for everything that he needed. And that was mm-hmm. very stressful for me and it was something I started realizing slowly, like, oh, I actually do not want this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I worked at a daycare where that was a very terrible experience for everything besides the children. Um, but it just kind of solidified like, oh, this is not what I want. Mm-hmm. And now I'm very, like, avidly against having a child of my own. Don't mm-hmm. want the, like, the idea of being pregnant is revolting to me. Yep. Um, it took which me it, a long time to love this body. I'm not really interested in going through the hell of changing it and then learning to love it again, as I'm sure. also having to take care of a completely incompetent um, tiny human. Tiny human. Yes. Yes. I also, like, we've talked about this, that I have some medical trauma and, like, I'm very, uh, like, heightly aware of my body. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm very attuned to it. Mm -hmm. And so I can also empathize with things very much. So the idea, like, I can just picture what it's like. I can feel it in my body of what it would be like to have something moving around inside me. 
Yep. I would rather die. Yep. Just kill me instead, please. Yeah. Yeah. It's the... I I know a lot of people enjoy... My, my sister is presently pregnant, and I'm mm-hmm. so happy for her. Like, uh-huh. I cried with joy for her, and especially for my mom, because my mom has always wanted to be a grandbaby. It was... A grandma. Grandma, thank you. She wanted a grandbaby. She wanted to be a grandma. Thank yeah. you. Um, but uh, it was quite the experience for my mom and I as I was growing up and as I was pursuing being sterilized because it was a lot of grief mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. Um, you know, grief of the future, grief of not being a grandmother and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I do have my sister. Yeah. And she is, she's pursuing that. And my mom are both very happy. But it's actually kind of funny because my dad never wanted children. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so when I told my dad, he was like, yeah, checks out. <laughs> and he was totally fine with it. Uh, yeah. My entire family was very much pro-procreating. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. do it. My grandparents had four of them My on my mom's side. My aunt has had four of her own children. My mom has two and kind of a third one now that she mm-hmm. has a new partner. Um, and so, like... They're all just very much, yes, have babies. And my mom now has come to terms with it. Like, she was never, which, do you want to finish what you were saying? Because this is kind of segueing into our next topic of conversation, which is, like, what are some of the things that have been said to us about our um, decisions? Well, I don't remember where I was going with what I was saying because okay. of ADHD. But uh, <laughs> what I will say is that I think that the romanticization of parenthood that we're taught is really harmful yeah. because I think it exacerbates a lot of the postpartum depression that mm. um, females experience mm-hmm. because they have this belief that if they don't pop out this little bundle of joy mm-hmm. and are immediately in love with it and everything's yeah. butterflies, that they are wrong. Yeah. Instead of it just being a massively life-changing experience that is incredibly ta- taxing mentally, emotionally, and physically. Yeah. You know, and not totally. to mention that our system doesn't set up people to um, be able to recover properly. We don't have a good um, maternity care and we don't have almost any paternity care or paternity totally. leave um, for yeah. either of those. And so it it sets people up for failure in a lot of ways, I think. Yeah. And um, I personally am a child-free person that is not opposed to other people having kids. I'm very much... You know, you do what you want as long as you honor that I will do the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do um, have a lot of concerns about the way that we treat pregnant people. Um, You know, like the way that people will just walk up and touch a pregnant woman's belly without their consent. And it's like, dude, they're growing a whole human in there. They are not comfy right now. And also like, why would you think that that's an acceptable way to approach someone? Like, let me touch you regardless of whether or not they are pregnant. Mm -hmm. That's fucking weird. Mm -hmm. Also, I really like that you pointed out the postpartum uh, depression that a lot of parents experience because yeah we are given this idea of it's a bundle of joy it's the love of your life it's like this Mm -hmm. most beautiful miraculous yeah miraculous yeah and i think that is like even more difficult for parents to wrap their heads around when it's not Mm -hmm. that way Mm -hmm. and it can be very isolating and sad yeah i think it's really um i think that it's kind of it kind of re- reminds me of the way that we paint college today. Yeah. 
Um, it's the best time. It's the best time of your life. So much exploration happens. Like it's fucking stressful. It's incredibly stressful. Yeah. Um, because all of a sudden we're expected to manage our own time. We don't have our parents to take care of us mm-hmm. and to help us structure our time. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of responsibility placed on our shoulders. And that's what happens with parenthood too. Mm-hmm. Is your entire life changes mm-hmm. and um, there's all this expectation for you to feel this like fantastic magical wonder mm-hmm. that I agree like the fact that our bodies can create other humans is so cool yeah. and I think it's a really fascinating thing yeah um, and I also think that it's really important for us to honor the the both sides of the coin of having a child and I think that the romanticization of it is um, really damaging for people because it also kind of falls into the like needing to be a perfect parent as well um, but not having the support structure or even the education on like how to be a parent so many people are just freeballing it and trying to figure it out as they go yeah Um, yeah I think you kind of touched on an aspect of like society as a whole which is that we expect things to be nothing but good mm-hmm. and it's like this toxic positivity mindset mm-hmm. of like yeah college is the best time of your life we don't think about the other shit that happens mm-hmm. in there uh pregnancy and childbirth is like and raising a child is the mm-hmm. best thing to ever happen to you and yeah we kind of like touch on the fact that it's stressful but like we don't actually paint the picture of what it looks like to be a parent. Yeah. It's just supposed to be this magical, miraculous thing when the reality is like nothing is like that. There's yeah. always going to be a negative aspect to everything. And having a kid is like one of the most, like raising a child is like one of the most triggering experiences you could possibly yes. have. Because yes. like it's just a small version of you. Yep. And <laughs> constantly there. Yep. And any time that you're kid is going to be acting up like it's going to bring up the way you acted up as a kid and it's going to bring and up all the things that you the needs that weren't met yeah. in childhood yeah and you start having a lot of realizations I know a friend of mine um had a child and she is experiencing that where she's just like holy crap like this kid just activates the hell out of me because she's you know also um is also neurodivergent and so the the loud noises that the kid makes the yeah. constant touching that the kid makes and she's a single mom and, and the she different, can't like the different textures on mm-hmm. the child of like mm-hmm. stickiness or like wetness or whatever like mm-hmm. that ooh yeah i would no thank you okay i think this is kind of a good time to talk about like the problematic ways in which like parenting is viewed and the things the ways that people go about parenting mm-hmm. that is problematic and like I don't know if you feel the same way, but this is a big reason why I have the stance that I do because I think that as a society, we have not been equipped with the tools to parent Mm -hmm. um, or just like take care of ourselves, period, Mm -hmm. like ourselves, let alone a child. Mm -hmm. And I'm big into inner child work and reparenting myself. Uh, and so I'm like in a lot of gentle parenting spaces Mm -hmm. and so I see a rise in it and also when I look like when I worked at the daycare that was not what we were doing Mm -hmm. it was very triggering for me to see how children were being treated and so like why I, I just I don't understand why we put ourselves through this why we're putting children through that Um, When we're not willing, and like I'm saying, we as a society are not necessarily willing to do the work on ourselves to, like, 
manage our own emotions and treat children properly, like as actual people, mm-hmm. I see them so often dehumanize, and I think that's yeah. really fucked up, which there's like so many other things here, because like, that's a huge misconception about people that want to be child free is that we just hate children oh my gosh no yeah i, I vibe I, with ch- i vibe with kids particularly like seven to twelve year olds better yeah. than i do some adults <laughs> like i love having conversations with children i love getting to run around and play with them not the biggest fan of babies my favorite yeah. baby is an already fed baby that is presently sleeping <laughs> um because it's really cute uh-huh. um but yeah, like, I I often hear people say that, like, I think my favorite one, my favorite one that I get when I say, I don't want to have a kid, is someone goes, well, you know, you were a child once, and I go, oh my gosh, is that how growing up works? <laughs> no way. And then I follow it up with, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I don't want to have a kid, because I was a fucking menace. I was To too. this day, I apologize to my parents, and I was a menace from gestation my mom was <laughs> nauseous her entire pregnancy with me uh-huh. and then when she tried to get me onto solid foods she i acted like I, she was trying to poison me and i would not take solid foods or take baby foods when she was trying to wean me off breast milk and then i get into the terrible twos and then i'm a teenager and i'm i mean i'm so sorry yeah for me as a teen to my Same. parents because i was rough yeah. And I know how hard it was for them to raise me. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for the relationship that I now have with my parents and for their tenacity in raising me. Um, and, and when people are like, oh, well, you know, you were a child once. I'm like, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I don't want to have a child. Yeah. Because I think back on past me and I'm like, yeesh. Whew, buddy. Um, yeah. My apologies to all that came in contact with me from 12 to 19. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I'm, we're great humans now, but, like... Working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I'm, I'm you're, pretty, you're great. pretty great. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> we're both working on shit, but, like, that doesn't Who mean we're it? not great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... One of the reasons why we're great is because we are working on it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And I think raising a child could be a pleasant experience... In general, if there was that aspect of, like, how can I teach this human to be emotionally intelligent? How Mm -hmm. can I teach them to have more self-awareness and compassion and empathy and be less punishing and traumatizing to them? Mm -hmm. And that's... I I don't want to tread into territory of, like, oh, you have to be the perfect parent because there's no Mm. such thing. You're going to traumatize your child no matter how good you are to them. Because you're a human. Yes. And you're doing this for the first time, even if it's your second kid. Yeah. This is your first time having two kids. Yes. And the first time with this unique individual child. Um, And also, like, there just doesn't seem to be that dedication to personal development as a whole. Like, we're just, as a society, very emotionally immature. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think part of that stems from... um, like time scarcity, financial scarcity, and things like it's that. It's a systemic thing, for yeah. Sure. Because if you don't have in safety, part. then like um, in our conversation about um, curiosity, I said how one of my clients said that comfortability is beautiful, but it's not where growth happens. But mm-hmm. comfortability is where healing happens mm-hmm. because you have to be able to feel safe to be able to heal. Yeah, um, totally. And 
I think curiosity also comes into play when it comes to talking about raising kids because if a parent is curious about why this child is eliciting a response within yes. them, if they meet their child with curiosity, if the kid is acting out and they meet the child instead of don't do that, mm -hmm. they meet their child with what, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. But also that's a very difficult place to get to when everything else in your life is unsafe. Mm -hmm. When you are consistently stressed out, when you're overworked, you're mm -hmm. under rested, like mm -hmm. yeah, it's very difficult to manage your own emotions which also is why I have this opinion of ha maybe have less children or think think a little deeper before you have yes. these children. Yeah, like I really want a dog and I've really wanted a dog for like almost a decade mm -hmm. and I know that I'm not in a place in my life where I can sustain a dog. Mm -hmm. But how many people also will go out and buy a puppy for their two-year-old? Yeah. Like, can we humanize, can, can we give some humanity to these things that we mm -hmm. are bringing into our lives mm -hmm. like whether it's a dog or a child like think about this yeah. they're not just a plaything or a doll to dress up mm -hmm. they are an an entire being that an has individual yes. too i feel i hear a lot of people talking about i want a child because i want a mini me yeah yikes and and yeah it's great for you to want to like learn about yourself by seeing an iteration of yourself um and there's that expectation for this kid to be like you for you to dictate yeah. how this kid presents in the world and shows up in the world which is like not going to help anybody no how is that going to impact the child and i think that's something we don't take into consideration i think that I, I talked about this on my Instagram before that I think for the most part the desire to have children is selfish in the sense of we typically are not thinking about the child as an adult years later or even like once it's there being its itself like being the human that it is we're thinking about how is this going to make me feel like what do I want to get out of the relationship and that was something that um when I started looking deeper into why I wanted a child around when I started realizing like, maybe I don't want a child. I don't know. I came across this belief of, well, if I have a child, then I'll never be lonely again. Mm -hmm. And I think that I am not alone in that thought. Mm -hmm. I think there are lots of people and I hear it all the time in different ways of like, I just want to love. I just want to give my love to this child. And I think that's great. Mm -hmm. And also, Sounds like you're not being child-centered. Sounds like you're being self-centered. Well, and one of the things, one of the misconceptions that I get is that, um, that like, I will treat children poorly because I choose to be child-free. Yeah. Um, but relating to what you said about, like, I just want to give love to a child, my belief and what I say to people is I treat every child like they are my child regardless of their age or where they came from. Mm -hmm. So even if it's a 75-year-old man, I will love that man with my whole heart. I, will, I love so big that I don't, I don't see why it has to be so different because it's your own child. Like, mm -hmm. why can't you take that love that big, strong love for this, your own child. I'm not saying like, don't have a kid and go love everybody. Like that's not the answer. Like have a kid if you want to have a kid. I very much want to affirm that you can, I'm not telling you what to do. Yeah. I'm just wanting to put voice to 
what it's like the brain of a child free person Mm -hmm. um because i feel like there's a lot of stigma against us i feel like there's a lot of misconception Mm -hmm. and um it's really exhausting because one of the talking about dogs and not having dogs one of the things i'd say to people when they're like oh but it's different when it's your own kid cool i'm sure it is yep but, like, do you get a puppy every time you want a dog? Everyone's right. on the whole adopt, don't shop. But there are so many people that need our love, particularly children. Mm-hmm. And we can lean into that love. And, yeah, you might still want to procreate and to have your own child, and that's perfectly fine. And I think it's so important for us to expand our breadth of love and our scope of love and the ways that we can have that deep love because you can have that deep, caring love for something that is not yours. Yeah. Like, it doesn't sure. have to be yours. And then that kind of plays into the whole, like, weird ownership thing that we have over kids. Yeah. Oh, completely. And that ties into, well, I just want a mini me. Mini like, me. it's yeah. an extension of yourself instead of seeing this as an individual, unique being. Mm-hmm. Um, the and other thing cool is, is it to... Get to learn that being. Like, I think that's yeah. one of my favorite things about kids. I think that would be really fun. I think is they remind me of the newness of life. Yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah. It sounds really great to get to know another human being that, like, is also completely unaware of what life is and you get to teach them stuff. I think mm-hmm. that that sounds very appealing and interesting, which is, like, another thing that I had on our list here of, like, what is good about, you know, raising mm-hmm. a child. I think that would be one of the more pleasurable aspects. It just doesn't outweigh the negative ones yeah. for me. Yeah. But something I wanted to mention when you said that, like, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do either. And I am going to encourage you to think deeper about this issue because it's something that feels very important to me. Um, because I think that we ha- we do just push them out without any thought like people are having five six seven children even like three or four children like why it's a two it's it's a two-parent household what the fuck are you doing why do you have more why is there a a more uh, a higher child to parent ratio like that's to me is a problem which also ties into the fact that this is a systemic problem and that we do not have resources yep. to give Let's to talk parents. About resources. Yes. Because um, you said something really great about um, like fostering slash adoption. Yeah. And how when there is a parent that is struggling and cannot provide for their child, the child is then taken away and given into an adoption or a foster situation. That where, is getting that government assistance. Yeah. Why are we not giving the government assistance to the primary, like to the parent? Mm-hmm. That makes absolutely no sense. It is just causing further trauma, but it's also feeding into the capitalist system of, yeah, you, you're going to pay me more money. Like they, they pay, I think the minimum for an adoption fee is like Mm $40,000. So when there's this whole vetting process to be able to be approved to adopt, why is it inherently abusive though? Like why do so many adoptees and people and children in the foster system come out with mass amounts of trauma? If they're vetting them so fucking well instead of vetting their bank account. Like, I feel like that's more so what they're doing. It's like, who's going to pay more money? And there are a lot of stories of foster families um, taking in more foster children than they're able to handle because they get more More money. support and more money for each of the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah, like I, I personally would love to be a foster parent. Yeah, I've, I've considered it as well for older children, which is another thing that we just want to buy babies, which this, we definitely need to talk about this, that adoption is not an answer to not being able to have a child of your own. Adoption, it, therapy is the answer to that, period end of story because that is a that's a traumatic event that an adopted child will not fill that a child is not there to fill a void whether it's yours or someone else's Mm -hmm. like and you can you can you can still if you can't have your own child you can still adopt yeah just like make sure you're working through get get the therapy first yeah Yeah, the pain that is like you really really want a kid Mm -hmm. and you physically can't make one your own and I do really love the adoption system for those people who are not able to create their own child within their own bodies Mm -hmm. Um, however we see a lot of younger children getting adopted babies getting adopted toddlers getting adopted yeah it's kind of like a puppy mill of like everyone yeah everyone wants a puppy but they Mm -hmm. don't want a dog from the shelter like a mm-hmm. like a 10 year old mm-hmm. dog it's the same thing with adoption everyone wants a baby but they don't want the 12 year old that's been in the system for 10 years like yeah. and here i am like dude give me the 12 year old they can talk yeah, shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're probably really cool they're probably also they're probably like pretty traumatized oh for sure but also like i i might enjoy that experience as a coach though yes. like i might enjoy that experience yes it's um, kind of like i i feel like um like, yes, it's different to love a child that is one of your own creation, but I also think there's this really beautiful part about taking in, and maybe this is, like, a caretaker in me or something mm-hmm. like that, but, like, I I love that I might be able to get to a point in my life where I can foster kids and make a safe place for them mm-hmm. and show up consistently in their life mm-hmm. because, like, that is a way that we can help others heal. That's a way that we can act, enact change. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think also that shouldn't be the like an answer as much as it is one. Mm-hmm. Where like there are so many kids in the foster system that like we would even be able to or want to do that. I feel like people should... I, I would love for families to stay together if that's what they want. Mm-hmm. And I would love for them to have the resources to be able to do that mm-hmm. and not have this, like, almost like a savior complex of, like... Yes. As I was saying that, I was like, ooh. Uh-huh. I gotta check into that more within and myself. A lot of people are like that. And that's great. Like, yes, give more love to the world, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nothing inherently wrong with that. It's more so that this system is, like... <sighs> It's just a a money sucker. It's a way to buy children and make children into... It's a poor allocation of resources. Yes. Completely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, what... I feel like there was something else I was going to say about that, but what's our next question? Uh, I feel like we didn't get to go into misconceptions. Yeah. Okay, so one of them is like... One of them that you mentioned is that, like, people have, someone has said that you are dangerous for not wanting children. Yes. Um, often it is the assumption when I say that I do not want to bear my own child, people will think that I do not like children. They will think that I am 
um, that I will be like harmful towards children. Mm -hmm. And I also get the kind of the flip of that where people will see me with a child and they'll be like, you're so good with kids. What do you mean you don't want your own? And it's like me wanting to be child free has nothing to do with children that are already here. It just has everything to do with me not wanting to gestate one. That's it. (laughs) That word. I know, right? We choose fantastic words. Yeah, I haven't gotten that one, um, but I have gotten like, oh, you'll change your mind one day. Oh my gosh. One of my favorites on that is, um, what if you meet a man, assuming I'm straight, or assuming, yeah, assuming I'm straight, but like, what if you meet a man and he wants a kid? Uh Uh-huh. To which my response always is, if they're the right person for me... They will respect my decision to not have a kid. Completely. Like, what? Right. We're not here to make men's dreams come true. Yeah. I know. It's shocking. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a wild concept. Yeah. But we're not. Yeah. And whenever people tell me, like, what if you change your mind? Um, Especially when, like, because I feel like there's a difference between being child-free and being sterilized. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because sure. I have completely permanently taken away that option for me. Um, and the only way that I would be able to become pregnant is through in vitro fertilization, mm-hmm. which is really expensive. And so people will be like, what it like, but what if you change your mind? And I'll say, well, if I want to gestate a child, I will go through in vitro fertilization. And they mm-hmm. say, well, that's really expensive. And I say, well, so is having a child. Yes. Exactly. Which I feel like is also a factor that people don't take into mind. No. Is how expensive children are. Even just being pregnant is very expensive. Yeah. Um, I think we think about the expenses more when we're taking in an animal than we do with a child. Mm. Why? <laughs> why? Because <laughs> yeah. that's a literal human being. Like, why would we think that it doesn't cost money to take care of one of those? Mm-hmm. When it costs money to take care of... One of these ourselves, yeah, and animals, plants. Like it takes it takes resources Resources. to take care of these things. Mm -hmm. Anything that we're bringing in that requires life, yes, that is living, is going to requires life. (laughs) That is living. Yeah, Yeah. it it takes resources. It's just something that we definitely do not think about. Mm -hmm. Um, And we kind of did touch on like, does that mean that we hate children and like? hate people who procreate because I, th- I think I get that I think I project that onto mm-hmm. other people although I have you're a people. lot more feisty about this than I am because I I just feel very strong I, that's fine yeah I also <laughs> feel strongly I feel strongly but I think for me there's a level of exhaustion fair like yeah. I'm especially after having gone to so many doctors yeah. And, and just asked again and again and again and been told again and again and again. Like, I've been, I'm very open about this and that has led to an element of exhaustion. Yeah. Because I'm so tired of people saying, oh, well, what if someone you're with wants to have a kid? Mm-hmm. Or what if you change your mind? Or, um, or like, devaluing my own knowing, saying, like, oh, you're too young to know that. Oh, my God, yeah. To which I reply with, I have known this for rounding on half my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think this is more new to me in, in that I've been talking about it more. Mm-hmm. I also haven't gone to doctor's appointments to 
inquire yeah. about yeah. getting sterilized or anything like that. Yeah. So I haven't had those conversations as much, but the conversations I have had, people have been very upset with me. Yeah, oh, about, they, get, they take it as a personal offense oh, that yes. you don't want to have kids. Oh, yeah. I had someone literally tell me that if they were a child and they saw what I said about, like, maybe oh, you should think so more about having a kid. Like, that was basically the, the gist of it. They were like... If I was a kid and I saw this, I would kill myself. And they were a longtime Ooh. follower follower of me, and they blocked me after. And I mm-hmm. was like, homie, but all I'm saying is that maybe we should think about all of the time, effort, and resources it takes to have children and maybe reconsider. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. And not even just, like, reconsider in totality, but reconsider in that, like, maybe you don't have five of them. Maybe mm-hmm. you have one or two. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't have any. Like, just having a little bit more thought and care going mm-hmm. into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do not hate children. I don't particularly like them either. Yeah. Which is another very stigmatized like, thing. Yeah, like, I am not someone that will opt to spend time with kids. Yes. I am not someone where if I am at an event where there are children, I will go, like, if I'm at a party and there's a dog, I'm a, I'm a seek out that dog and we're going to sure. have a long conversation. Yes. But if, <laughs> if I'm at a party and there are young children or young people there, I'm not going to, like, go over to them. But yeah. just the other week, I was at a party and, um, like, small backyard shindig for Father's Day, and... Um, it was at a place where I have a mural that I had done and this young person was very interested in art and so she I went in and I showed her the mural that I had done and she was like can I ask you questions about this and I don't know how long we talked but we had a fantastic conversation about art and creation and how she makes and all the way into like her experience with ADHD and her brother and her relationship with her brother. And it was mm-hmm. really beautiful. Like I had a great conversation with that kid. Yeah. I mean, she was also 12. So she is within my age range of age range of tolerable humans that are small. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like I'm not going to go seek out a kid, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be a dick if there's a kid around me. Yeah. And I will tap out of the social setting a lot sooner if there are children. around. Yes. Yep. Particularly under five. Yep. Um, Same. It's just a lot to handle. It's a lot to be around. Yeah. I think particularly as neurodivergent people mm-hmm. with sensory issues, it is. And I think, so this is another thing for me, that I have become more anti-child as I have begun to unmask and like really understood that I am neurodivergent and started to... To let myself be who I am. And, like, see the way that that comes up for you and yes, honor it. Because they have, they're just a big sensory overload for me yeah. in terms of sound. Like, I'm really big on sound and smell. Same. Those are, like, the two that, like, will... Okay, but I, weirdly, for how much I don't like kids, the smell of a baby yes, is it still smells very great. Good. Yes. I, like, that's got to be great. some hard wiring. Um, <laughs> They do. They just they, they smell, can smell so fresh. Yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> when they're when they're actually clean. But like, there's just there's like a new baby smell. Yeah. I don't know what it yeah. is, but it's nice. Yeah. But like, <laughs> like I um, such a weird thing. My whole say. body responds. Yeah. But like, people that want to have children say that all the time. I know. But like, but like that's they like talk weird. about wanting to eat <laughs> their children's cheeks, and we're not concerned. I'm a danger. But you're talking about wanting to nibble your baby's <laughs> cheeks off? Okay. Okay. I'm the problem. <laughs> but it's like when you see something so cute and you just want to, like, kill it. 
I don't know. There's like a word for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a word for it. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Where it's like, like you get so excited, it like triggers the violence in you. Yes. Um, yeah, that's but funny. yeah, yeah, but like the the sound of a screaming child is take me out. The I'm done. The, the worst. <laughs> yes. It is right up there with <sighs> the sound of a loud motorcycle in a tunnel. Mm, yeah. Um, I I glitch out like my body will like twitch and like all cringe physically all over yep. to the sound of a child. It's very difficult for me to withstand. Yeah, I lose focus as well. Like if I'm I can't I just can't concentrate mm-hmm. when I'm out in public and mm-hmm. I hear a screaming child. Same with like whining, also like uh when they eat. I just don't like the sound of anyone eating, honestly. It's very hard for me. It's Except even, for crunches. But it's worse. But okay. Like a, a cat crunching something hard, though, is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> but babies, they, like, mouth breathe. They're, like, <sighs> as they're chewing. <laughs> I just want to... I shouldn't say this. <laughs> I just want to punch... I just want to punch him in the head. Again, I wouldn't. we're not... Exactly. We're not actually going... To never, act on I would these never things. do that. The most I'll do is just like rapidly <laughs> remove myself. Yes, I will remove myself from the situation. Yeah, yeah. And also, I want to say that I do like really value children. I think they're amazing. They're I think so they're cool. so cool. They're funny. They have so much to learn. They're from them. so sweet. Yes, I think I they're love just fantastic. How blunt kids are. Yeah, they just don't give a shit. It's they, amazing because they don't. They they haven't adhered to the societal standards and so we can learn so much from kids about honesty mm-hmm. and about curiosity as well yeah um, because they're so interested interested in these things and so i think kids have a lot of value and that they're very interesting in a lot of ways and yeah um, i think one of the things that frustrates me is the way that we take away children's wisdom yeah like the ageism that we have with young people yeah um because I mean, no one asks questions like a four-year-old or a three-year-old, you know, when they're in that why, why, why phase. Yeah. Like, you learn about you Mm -hmm. and why you believe things because they will not stop asking why because Mm -hmm. they do not understand the social norm that you just think is what it is. Mm -hmm. Which is another, this just ties into the aspect of, like, I don't agree with the way most parents raise their children. Mm-hmm. Like, you are taking away so much from this child when you aren't able to manage yourself and teach them how to manage themselves. Yeah, it's so deeply important. How can you expect to raise an emotionally intelligent, successful human being if the people that... that young person is learning from are not emotionally intelligent and, and not saying perfect no but just like no, no just aware emotion. yes and willing to work on it and humble the humility yes. of like there's this amazing tiktoker and instagrammer she's like called mama cusses or something like that she's an alternative gentle parent um yeah that. she's fantastic she's the one that does roll for makeup oh cute. so good um but one of my favorite things that she brings to the table is this humility of like apologizing 
to yeah. your kid when you have an emotional response that you did not navigate well. Because mm-hmm. it shows humanity, and I also think that it teaches kids a compassion for themselves. Because totally. if my parents don't have to be perfect, then neither do I. Yeah, totally. Yes. There are so many valuable things that children will learn simply by us modeling mm-hmm. it for them. Mm-hmm. But if we're not willing to model... Or if we don't know... If we don't know how to yeah. model, that's a problem. Like, mm-hmm. that that's something that I saw a lot... Ooh, so this is another one that pisses me off. When people tell me that I don't know anything about raising a child because I don't have one, mm-hmm. or I'm not allowed to have an opinion on how to raise children mm-hmm. because I don't have them, <sighs> it infuriates me. I was a child, you fucking spoon. Like, I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's my new favorite insult. It's kind of like you're like a, side, like a hot sidewalk. Yes, I love it love so it. much. Um, um, that... When I worked at a daycare, that was how I was treated. It was very belittling and undermining because I wanted to implement more conscious parenting tools. And I use conscious parenting tools on myself. On adults. Yes, that too. Um, Just regular That's what I do with coaching. Quite literally, when I'm teaching you inner child work, I'm teaching you how to reparent yourself. That is conscious parenting. It's Mm -hmm. gentle parenting. So, but it really bothers me that child-free people aren't taken seriously in the conversation of what it yes completely even though i think this conversation is very enlightening and brings up a lot of really good fucking points that most people are not thinking about Mm -hmm. so yeah that bothers me so much we all have say same thing with honoring children's wisdom we have wisdom in ourselves mm-hmm. to contribute to these conversations if we want to. Mm-hmm. And I think even more so, like, a lot of child-free people probably have more in the fact that we have thought about it deeper. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know too many parents that have had these kinds of conversations and have discussed the ins and outs of what it I means to know, raise a child. I don't know if people who have want... I, when you say you want to have a kid is just accepted because it's the norm. Yes. But when I say I don't want to have a kid, I'm challenged. Yes. We don't challenge people. Oh, you want to have a kid? Why Why? do you want to have a kid? (laughs) What about it makes it important for you? Are you sure? What if you have one and you change your mind? (laughs) What if you meet somebody and they don't want to have a kid? Will you then change your mind? Right. You can't put that thing back. You can't put that thing back. I can't put my fallopian tubes back in. Yeah. There's no receipt for your child. What are you going to do when it's pissing you off yeah exactly like, and it's it's going to yeah it, absolutely it guaranteed will. there is no doubt that it's going to trigger you in some way how are you going to deal with that when it does yeah and i think we only ever think about oh well, well, and like to... what's your support system going to look like yes yeah but that's the thing we don't think about the emotional aspect of what it takes to raise a child we're just thinking like oh i need to feed it and change its diaper and make sure it has a good sleeping schedule and it goes to school and learns its abcs that was oh another thing about working in childcare, they did not give a singular shit about teaching these children emotional intelligence mm. all we did oh my god it bothers me so much all we did was like 30 minutes of teaching like ABCs, numbers, that kind of thing. The rest of the time was basically free time. And when they were listening to music, it was like Kesha. 
Like, it wasn't even education. And these were, like, three to five-year-olds. It wasn't even educational kind of stuff. And so my emotional, like, intelligence ass was, like, I'm going to find some cute little songs to teach you. And it was the sweetest thing. I taught them this one song. It was a play on Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, but it teaches them how to have, like, gentle touch and to connect with other humans. And so we would sit there, and I just, like, kept replaying it. And it you, like, touch their cheeks and, like... You touch their nose and like, it's just, it's this very cute and the song is about like, I don't know, something having to do with emotional intelligence. Um, And it was so cute how excited they were to do it Mm -hmm. and how they like smiled and lit up at just like the the wanting to connect with Mm -hmm. each other and me and like Mm -hmm. having someone just there to to want to engage with them in a way that's like uplifting Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it was so beautiful and I I was seen as stupid for it no other teacher engaged with me in it um when I brought in like the tools to like I brought in worksheets and things for conscious discipline and that was like not taken seriously no one looked at it um it was just really disheartening and when I when when I saw how they treated the kids when they were acting up it just like solidified why like they're not doing that um it it's just problematic so many ways I got off I don't remember where we were going with this, but that is a very important part. Oh, I remember we were talking about um, that we don't pay attention to. We don't think about how to raise kids emotionally. We just think about the physical things. Yeah, and the way that people who are child-free are asked all these questions, but people who are not child-free are not asked all these questions. Yes. Um, I would really love to take a couple of minutes to talk about how I assured my child freeness, Mm -hmm. um, especially with things as they are right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like I said, it took me about eight years. I'd been advocating since I was 16, and I didn't get the procedure until I was about 25, 26. Mm -hmm. Um, I got it within, like, within a year before I got off my parents' insurance. Because thankfully, under the Affordable Care Act, which is now currently threatened because of the SCOTUS decision... um, it covers female forms of birth control. I use the term female to relate to the sex. Um, I use the term women to relate to the gender, just so I'm just gonna blanket statement that. Um, But it relates to female forms of birth control that includes sterilization. So as long, I found out that, um, thank you to whoever I called at my insurance company to ask about coverage on this. Um, because they were so excited to tell me that as long as they put it in my chart that sterilization, surgical sterilization, was my chosen form of birth control, they would cover it completely. Interesting. So it is a $12,000 procedure because you have to go under anesthesia Uh to be able to have the procedure. Uh Now, from the moment I got on, I danced onto the surgery table And within 45 minutes, they had finished the procedure, and they said as I was coming to off the anesthesia, I was laughing because I was so happy. Uh Um, Now, (laughs) rewind back to when I first started asking. I was getting all of the whole, like we've already said, what if you change your mind was the biggest one because Mm -hmm. the doctors wanted to protect themselves from being sued by someone 
was like, oh, you didn't ask me enough questions on if I should be sterilized or whatever. So they were trying to protect themselves to make sure that um, I was actually serious. So anytime I would go in and they would deny me, I would say, please put it in my chart that I have asked so that I have a history of asking this so people can see my consistency in my ask over the years. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step. Anytime you go in and ask, have them put them in your chart. Mm -hmm. um, I also went to see other female doctors um, because I, one for me myself, I feel more comfortable with female doctors and I want someone who has the same bits as me to be talking about the bits. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would often choose, um, I would look at the images of the people I would read their bios. I would choose young doctors, um, young female doctors, and I would ask them, um, I would answer all their questions. But the thing that flipped for me was I wrote out a list of 20 points why I didn't want to have kids. Mm -hmm. The 20th point was that it took me 10 minutes to write that list. I didn't have to think very hard about it. These are things that are readily available to me. Yeah. And when the doctor asked me all of the typical questions, I would say, number seven. If I change my mind, I will do in vitro. Number eight, I know that's expensive, so is having children. Number nine, I will rent to own, i.e. foster, or I'll just buy a child. This is so fucked up. But it's true. Well, but I it's use true. I use that language. To shock people? To shock people. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what it is. Exactly. Yes. I use that language intentionally mm -hmm. because it creates, one, humor. Yes. And it opens people up, but also to shock people. And, like, do I really see fostering as a rent-to-own program? No, of course I don't. You don't pay them. They pay you. Mm -hmm. But... <laughs> <laughs> but I wrote this list, and I came to my doctor, and with every question she had, I said, the number... And then the description. And I had that list in my hand. And, and she said, it seems like you thought about this a lot. And I said, look in my chart. I've been asking since I was 16. And she looked at my chart and she said, okay, it's been about eight years that you've been doing this. I think that there is a surgeon that would be willing to do this. I'm going to refer you to her. And I went and saw that surgeon. And that surgeon basically was just like, she was pretty chill about it. Um, she was really great. And... I don't even remember her asking a lot of my typical questions that I would receive um, because I think that her and the doctor that I had gone to had had a little conversation about like me going in or that it was like in my chart that, that I was really certain about this. Um, and, but she talked to me about different forms of sterilization. Um, a lot of people will call it a tubal, a tubal little litigation or getting your tubes tied. What that looks like is either putting a, they'll either block the fallopian tube or they will sever the fallopian tube. Um, but that um, can, like some people in, back in the day, they used to think that blocking the, the fallopian tube, you could just unblock it and then become pregnant again. Not the case. Um, it is not a reversible procedure at mm -hmm. all. Um, but when they just sever the fallopian tube, um, they just like create a gap and like hope that the egg drifts out of the fallopian tube and that the sperm doesn't reach the egg in time and it has resulted in a lot of ectopic pregnancies. Mm. So what I got was called a salpingectomy um, and they fully removed the fallopian tubes and closed off my uterus so it's a contained space. 
Um, and it's also really cool because she told me that they have a, there, there's an up and coming theory that um, uh, ovarian cancer actually stems from the fallopian tube. So I might have decreased my chance of ovarian cancer by getting my fallopian tubes taken out. Interesting. Some questions that I get because people apparently are not very informed on the female reproductive system. Yes, I still get a period. <laughs> the analogy I use is that the highways are gone, but everything else still works. Mm-hmm. My over- I don't need to be on birth control anymore. My ovaries have gone back to their own cycle, and my regular cycle has returned to me, which has been really cool. I didn't think that it was ever going to be this regular, but it's rad. I can, like, almost... On the day, I can be like, all right, today's the day. It's the 20th. Here we go. Um, But, like, my ovaries still work. I still have ovaries. I still have a uterus. I still get my period. If you get all of that taken out, then you get a hysterectomy. And Mm -hmm. at that point, you wouldn't have your period anymore. But you would also, if you get a full hysterectomy where they take out your ovaries too, you wouldn't be able to... You would have to go on um, hormone replacement therapy um, because your ovaries create your estrogen, and that's an important thing for you to have in your body, mm-hmm. but it would put you into um, early onset menopause. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't know if there's any other questions or like information. Of, oh, the recovery time. Um, I had a two week um, weight limit of 20, like 15 to 20 pounds that I couldn't lift more than that because my. Um, because of my abdomen wall having been um, having having gone through the surgery, um, but literally like it happened on a Friday, I was back to work on Monday. The pain was minimal. Mm-hmm. I've had period cramps that were worse, um, and my scarring. I'm about three or four years out since that, and my scarring is like almost hard for me to see now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like it was, it was one of the best decisions of my life. I feel so much more in touch with my body and with my cycle than I ever have been before. And I have so much more comfort and security within my life, knowing that I don't have this looming threat of pregnancy, particularly right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm really happy that you were able to do yeah, that. Very grateful. Also, thank you for sharing that for people who are interested, myself included, although I probably wouldn't because I do not like medical procedures. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really useful information, particularly in how to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anytime a doctor tells you no, tell them to put that you asked in your chart. Doesn't yeah. matter what it is. especially a record. Yep, to have a record of the ask, especially if it is especially if you are a female and it is relating to female organs mm-hmm. um, because a lot of people with endometriosis um, don't get taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And so For sure. having it charted every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, my insurance did end up trying to charge me, mm-hmm. but I just called them and was like, you done fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a no charge thing. Mm-hmm. And then they reprocessed the charges and I, it was completely free for me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Do you have anything else that you'd like to say? Any parting words about this? Um, I hate it when people say that the solution to regulating women's bodies mm-hmm. is to regulate men's bodies and force them into vasectomies. Mm-hmm. Um, fighting misogyny with misandry is not progress. 
Fair. Um, you can be upset, but don't fight you, the regulation of your body with the regulation of another because there's a lot of misconceptions around vasectomies yeah. in relation to their ability to be reversed. If you mm-hmm. actually talk to urologists mm-hmm. um, and people are like, oh, they can just go in and get them. No. When you go in and ask for a vasectomy, there is a 30 to 60 day waiting period that they force you to go on to make sure that you're actually sure of this decision. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's way less than what females experience. For sure. And they're... They do that because it is considered a permanent form of birth control. Mm -hmm. It is also not for sure going to take. It can also just whoopsie Mm -hmm. reverse itself of its own accord. Mm -hmm. And the the rate of successful pregnancy post vasectomy reversal rapidly decreases at the five year post original vasectomy line. Mm. So if it has been over five years since you have gotten a vasectomy, the likelihood that you will have a successful pregnancy after a reversal dramatically decreases and becomes 30% at 10 years. Interesting. That is really good to know. And also I think that's an important point that like, while I can understand our frustration and anger and outrage that we continuously have our bodies Absolutely. monitored and our choices and rights taken away, don't take away mean... someone else's rights. Correct. Yeah, and that's not the solution. The it solution isn't. is to freedom give our for all. rights back. Yeah, like don't fucking take away our rights. Duh. Yeah, the solution for regulation is not more regulation. Correct. It's less. <laughs> yes. If that is what the call for is, leave us the um, fuck alone. Yes, and and so I just really wanted to explicitly say that um, because I can't keep typing it out. I'm yeah. exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah, I know. I've seen I've seen your posts. Yes, and I'll often get exhausted at people um, thinking that me saying that is me um, like not caring about females and their rights. Yeah. Nah, dude, it's not that at all. It's that I just like want everybody to be able to make conscious decisions and have them be honored. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Also, the belief that um, you have to have had a certain amount of kids or be a certain age is not actually a law Um, in most states. It's not actually a law that you have to be X age or have X amount of kids. That is a doctor by doctor basis Mm -hmm. for sterilization. Gotcha. Um, But it's a common myth that that is like a regulation. But no, it's just very pervasive that doctors will say you have to have at least two children and be over the age of 27. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but I got it at like 25, 26. With zero children. With zero children. Yeah. So. I think the only other thing that I would like to reiterate is that um, Technically, it's just iterate. Iterate means to say again. Really? Reiterate means to say again, to say again. Hmm. There's another word that people do that with, and I can't think of it right now. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> It's erroneous, but... That's, that's good to know. So I would like to iterate. Yes. <laughs> that uh, I, don't, I don't hate children. I don't hate you if you have children. And... And think more deeply about your decisions. Yeah. I'm not saying I hate kids. I'm not saying don't have kids. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that we all need to stop procreating because human beings are these terrible things and we need to die as a species. I don't Um, like that. I like that mentality whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I just want the children that come into this world to be supported and Mm -hmm. cared for. And the adults that are having them. I was 
that was going to be the next part of my sentence. Thank you for finishing it. <laughs> I love recording with you because we just align in so many ways. Uh-huh. Yeah. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. You're it's nice to Thank talk you. about this with someone that um, like also feels the frustration of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, where can people find you? I am on um, Instagram as Rainbow Da Warrior. Um, I spell it phonetically, so it's R A N E B O D A Warrior. You can also find me on um, Unhinged with lots of cats on Snapchat at Rainbow Warrior. I am on Facebook at, as Rainbow Riot, and that is where I have my favoriteest, most favorite group. They're called Warriors of the Rainbow. Uh, they are my sweet, sweet darlings. I love them and learn so much from them. And um, we're about 2K strong right now and ever growing. And every Monday through Friday, I post thematic questions and we get to have a discussion about it. Um, yeah, I'm also on a bunch of other different social medias. Basically, if you type in R-A-N-E-B-O into most social medias, I will be the first one to pop up. And yeah, I'm also a curiosity coach as well as being a creative multimedia artist. Um, mm -hmm. So if you guys want to get curious about why you want to have kids, why you don't want to have <laughs> kids, or just life in general and how you relate to other people, um, you can click the link in any of my bios and schedule a curiosity session. And your link will be in, in the, the show notes as well. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, if you're ready to feel a sense of inner safety, security, and certainty, come work with me. I'll teach you how to accept yourself using my empowerment process so that you can become the confident, powerful, bad bitch you are. Go to the link in the show notes and schedule our first date where we'll chat about your goals, get to know each other, and come up with an amazing action plan to get you to where you want to be. I'll see you there.